0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off The Top Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This is Jordan. What up? It's Julian. So today we want to talk about something that you guys probably do all the time, and you're doing it right now by chance. And no, it's nothing inappropriate. You're just streaming.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're streaming this podcast. You might be streaming some video content. Um, you might be streaming some news. There's all these different avenues that you're going on, and it's interesting to see the jump of streaming. You know, since I would say probably 2013 or 2014, it's been on an upward trend, um, and it's become one of the main things in you know today's society.
0: Yeah, and any time that you have something like streaming or technology that is disruptive in a way, you kind of see this market shock to the environment like you've seen with, I mean, before streaming cable and like TV was very, very popular as far as, you know, getting a Cox or a charter membership for your TV subscription. Julian's being inappropriate right now, but, um, and then afterwards when you have Netflix, there's a huge divergence of people who, um, Decide to go different ways and you can see that in the environment.
1: Yeah. And I think if you take it back to the, when I think of when streaming really took over is, uh, we all have this little place called Blockbuster and you could go there and get your games or you'd have like a little after that you had like Gamefly or maybe during the same time and you go get these physical copies of DVD or of movies or games, um, you know, TV show seasons. And that was, you know, what you did and got some overpriced candy on your way to the register. And then as time went on, we saw like kind of Redbox come in and they, you know, kind of pushed, uh, blockbuster out a little bit and those you know video places and then netflix started to hit real heavy after they moved from like i still think they do dvd by mail my grandma had that originally which i thought was pretty cool and then they really went heavy into streaming kind of being the first in the market and they've kind of pushed you know they definitely pushed blockbuster out for the most part and Redbox isn't the same as it used to be
0: yeah. And I would even say before then streaming was becoming a thing as far as music goes as well. I mean, you have companies like I don't I'm not sure if Napster solely streamed, but before it was taken out, um, you have companies like that or websites like that where you can find whatever music you're pretty much looking for and now they're replaced with you know apple music where you stream or spotify and soundcloud where you're basically taking um listening to things that you don't hold on your ipod you know back in the day or your computer
1: yeah and i think too in that same note you have like the uh like youtube was one of those places you could go for a certain time as it grew, and you could, you know, find the music you wanted as soon as people started figuring out how to upload it there, and you could listen to it whenever you wanted, or, you know, Google search or YouTube search it. So YouTube's come a long ways in that, I mean, streaming category. There's a lot of content mm-hmm. on YouTube, pretty much for whatever you want. I mean, I watch YouTube at least a video a day, if not like two or three. Um, whenever I want on whatever content I'm enjoying at the moment.
0: Yeah. So I'm curious, Julian, what is your favorite type of streaming service?
1: Um, I really enjoy Twitch, the live, the game live streaming service, just because I think in that live genre of streaming, you can relate to, you know, who's streaming or what's going on. So like if it's news and it's live, you actually get a sense of, you know, what's happening in real time as a republished, edited, you know, broadcast or production. And like, I think if you like Twitch, some of these guys doing games, you see that, you know, some of them have millions of followers, but you know, you just get to interact with them and talk about current events or people in the chat, talk about current events. And you have this relation rather than watching like the thing about youtube is you don't really get this interaction like someone makes a really good piece of content and you watch it and then you don't have the kind of same interaction as you would in a real life experience with that person
0: yeah so twitch is an awesome one especially because of that interaction that people can have with the followers and listeners and basically people that are uh tuned in their audience um for me it's kind of similar it's um Wow. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> For me, um, I find it extraordinarily interesting and it's not really one that I use at all, but I find it so interesting that it's one of my favorites is uh, you have like NVIDIA or um, an AMD, basically uh, graphics cards making companies that will stream computing power to you, which I find is extraordinarily interesting and really, really cool.
1: I don't know. So how can you explain that process or do you have like, a,
0: like yeah, how
1: that works? I haven't heard of that one before.
0: Yeah. So basically um, they so you can play a game on, let's say, something that's underpowered for the game. And what will happen is you, you'll send the signal out of like, you know, exactly what's going on. And it'll go to this basically the server warehouse, like all everything. And it'll do the computing for you and then send back what should be happening and it happens like pretty instantaneously and I just find it so innovative and maybe it won't gain traction right now and especially in gaming but I feel like it's one of those things where uh remote computing power and I mean technically maybe somebody can make the argument that it's not streaming but I believe that it's super exciting and really innovative
1: yeah and I think that makes me think about something too as the fact like I think with the growth of streaming, obviously I don't know a whole lot about server farms or like what their output is or their emissions, but I would feel like streaming now is a little bit more global friendly than like the old school purchasing CDs or VHS or um, things along that line. Because I I guess the way I think about it is if I purchase a CD and like after a while I don't want it anymore or whatever, I throw it away, like... It just goes into a landfill or something along those lines with the hard plastic cases as opposed to streaming. Like if I don't like it, I can just see you later, you know, all those unsold albums or whatever, they have to go somewhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me. Um, so this is a random, uh, fun fact, but the, I think it was the first album to only be in the streaming medium that made it big was chance. The rappers coloring book. Um, and i find that very interesting that nowadays like people are more like you said they're not interested in having this physical medium of a cd or like a cassette or <clears throat> even vinyl so it's becoming this thing of i think first off that it's a time thing as well you don't this thing doesn't a cd doesn't materialize in your hand you have to go out go to a store Buy it, come back home. But as far as streaming, I mean, you could do it as quick as five minutes within or a minute, literally, of whatever you wanted to stream.
1: Does um, I don't think Best Buy carries
0: CDs anymore.
1: I think that I think there's very few places that actually carry like CDs um anymore. Like we were in our area, we have like a super old school. Store It's called Sam Goody and which carries like CDs and stuff, but like you don't see those very often. And if Best Buy doesn't really carry them, I don't know if maybe Walmart carries a couple, but like I don't even know where I'd really go to get, you know, the newest CD from so and so when it comes
0: out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know one place where you can see these. (laughs) sorry i I couldn't resist um
1: um, so one thing about streaming is the industry is obviously growing and per year by consumers there's about 10 billion dollars spent on streaming subscription and services i think it's interesting because i don't really think about the incremental cost of streaming but like you know i have spotify student and that's like seven bucks a month or something like that and then you have like netflix which can be anywhere from like you know nine or ten to like 20 bucks depending on the package you get or you get like youtube red or hulu or amazon and all these different things and like i mean the subscriptions are super incremental but like i think if you add them all up it can be a little bit pricey per household
0: yeah, yeah, that's definitely the... I feel like it's the, the case, but then you hear... I feel like Netflix is so synonymous with multiple people. Like, I mean, it's so... Like, <laughs> a quintessential thing that, you know, more than one person uses a Netflix account. More than one person uses a Spotify account or a YouTube Red account or Google, like a Apple Music account. So uh, I think that it also helps with you know, like creating, uh, maybe a little bit of a culture around you of, you know, like, let's say that, um, you share your Netflix account with your girlfriend or, you know, you share your Spotify with your girlfriend and, or your family. And you guys, I feel like that almost invites a social amount of interaction as like, as in like, Oh my gosh, that was actually really cool. What you were like watching or listening to the other day. You know, like something like that. Yeah, probably get you in trouble
1: a few times here and there, too, if you're not old enough to watch a rated R movie and it shows up on the family feed or something. Sounds like from personal experience. I'll I'll, let you run with that. Uh, And then, I mean, you also look at some of these streaming services. I guess we'll talk about Netflix and Amazon and the amount of money that they pump into their services. Like Amazon is acquiring uh, Lord of the Rings, if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, for somewhere like $250 million um, per season or something like that. So it's going to be close to a billion dollar series. And I mean, that's a ton of money to, you know, for, I don't think TV shows really go for that. I'm not too sure, but $250 million seems like quite a bit, but I mean, Amazon, Amazon, doing what they do are probably pretty confident in that purchase and it's probably going to be really
0: profitable as a you know tv series yeah definitely i mean i feel like there's a lot of case studies that have happened where they can have some good faith in what they're doing uh being a lord of the rings fan um i i mean i think they might have even bought that at a steal (laughs) as far as the actual potential that they can generate from that um if you look at for instance, I'm not, I don't watch this, but I know a lot of people do. Game of Thrones. That's one that has had amazing success and popularity through something that was adopted pretty much not on TV in an HBO service. Yeah. I guess that's another thing you
1: have to think about too is like HBO and Showtime and some of those more premium cable spots. I think we're like, a, if I really, This is going to be a hot take or stretch, but I would think of those as an early on almost type of streaming service. Like not everyone had access to it. You had to pay an extra amount per month on your cable bill to access that content. So they're giving you exclusive content basically that wasn't on any other channels. And yeah, you've seen them progress into these, you know, big time shows like Game of Thrones. I don't know if Westworld is. I don't know. Uh, I think that might be somewhere in that genre where they're streaming those two now. And it's just like becoming this huge thing where
0: exclusive content or, you know, the ability to access that content was, you know, is the thing now. Mm -hmm. And I would even give it to you just because of HBO Go now. I mean, back then there wasn't such thing, but HBO Go is basically HBO's streaming service that you can access on your phone. Yeah. And then as we move over to Netflix, you
1: see that I just read an article before this that they're pumping in $8 billion for like original content. And during this year, 2018, they are putting out 700 pieces of original content. So that's two pieces of original content um, a day, just about, which is insane. So to see that, you know, the amount of focus or the acquisition of other studios or other concepts by these, you know, big big name streaming services is um i think a sign that streaming is going to be here for a good amount of time i don't know if we'll ever you know something different will come in i don't know what that could be but um it's definitely something that's going to be sticking
0: around yeah yeah and i think it i'm actually excited to see where it goes because right now i feel like it's in this uh growing phase and it has been for a while. And now we're seeing kind of a different type of growth. At first it was just explosive. Like, holy hell, everyone's talking about Netflix and Hulu and Spotify, which just had their IPO, which was very successful. And now it's to this point of their growth where they can kind of, after they're cemented themselves, we can see how creative they can get as far as pushing the envelope and seeing where streaming can take everyone.
1: Yeah. And I think we'll see these bidding wars, like what went on with, you know, Lord of the Rings, obviously Netflix pitched for that as well and just didn't win the bid. Um, And you'll see a lot of these pieces of content that we know from our past that are huge, like, Maybe something around, you know, Harry Potter or I mean, Lord of the Rings was probably going to be my example if it wasn't one, but all these big blockbusters kind of being, you know, trying to be acquired and getting there, you know, the creators getting paid. And as we talk about creators getting paid, I know that there's been some trouble between Spotify and their artists for like, you know, what you get paid per stream, because some of these artists release a song like Drake or something and get, you know, 2 million streams and two days or something like that, as opposed like I mean, that's basically, that's going platinum, um, as you know, old music style or on a CD, it took a while to go platinum, you know, let alone for a song. So, um, there's been this, you know, interesting discussion on what people should be getting paid.
0: Yeah. And I don't think that that should diverge very much from the actual, from back then. And granted it even should be more in favor of maybe the creators because there's a lot lower overhead i mean you don't have to buy the cds you don't have to buy the cases you don't have to ship them anywhere so now you find this kind of a a lot better profit margin that i don't think should go granted i mean things like spotify they do a great service and without them where would we go title yeah
1: yeah and i think it's Something along the lines too of, um, I know I don't really enjoy this person, but I know Taylor Swift's talked about a long time because for a while YouTube was paying like 0.00002 cents per view on a video. Um, and, but like, you know, the artist is getting point that point zero zero whatever, 2% or 2 cents and, The advertisers on that are, you know, getting hundreds of millions of views on her video for, you know, a crazy amount of money that she isn't seeing. And I think the same goes for Spotify where they get like somewhere around the same, like point zero, then like three more zeros, like three cents a stream. So it's really for them. I've seen some artists just talk about going to certain platforms, like like Tidal actually pays one of the best for artists, even though there's, I mean, but their subscription is where they get that from because their subscription's like 20 bucks a month.
0: Yeah. And I think that there's going to be kind of a pushback and it's almost, this probably isn't very related, but it almost reminds me of the college athlete in college type of scenario where you have these, performers or you know entrepreneurs basically that go out and provide this service that generates a lot of money and at the end of the day the majority of that money goes to the people that didn't even create the service and it's gonna sound that sounds like a little marxist when i painted that picture and the fact that these people should be getting paid for what they're creating themselves and have that actual relationship of what they're bringing into the world um And so I think that needs to be addressed in some sort of fashion. Yeah, I didn't even really think
1: about this, but we're not on Spotify yet. One day it'll get on there. Their process is really weird and I don't believe in it, but it'd be weird, I guess, if we're on the same side, if, say, one of our podcasts, you know, hit two million streams in a matter of. Three weeks, um, just because the archaeologist foundation really enjoyed what we were putting down, and you know we got this royalty check or whatever, and it was like you know eighty dollars or something like that, or I mean I don't know if that would be the number, but it'd be very interesting, like an interesting feeling uh, if you relate
0: it to a personal experience, I guess. Yeah, definitely, and there's an absolute divergence from that in the fact of like, and maybe that's a that's a hypothetical, yeah. so who knows. But like you painted the picture, there's a real divergence between what somebody creates and what that impact is compared to what they get out of that. Yeah. So what do you think about this concept? Another hot take. We're talking about
1: the evolution of streaming. And what you said earlier made me think about it, like where it's going. Do you think we'll ever see one, like almost like a Shakespeare play, but like a live movie? So think of whatever movie, you know, we'll use... um, We'll use Black Panther. That's a big movie in theater, right? A hundred percent first take stream. Like no, like almost like a
0: Twitch.
1: Oh yeah. Almost like, yeah. Like almost like a Shakespeare play, basically like a live play streamed type thing. Like, is that the evolution where people can, you know, they can adjust what they're doing based on, I don't know if that would happen,
0: but. Something along those lines. I think that you're trying to recreate the wheel and the fact that you can just go to a real play. Yeah. And I mean, physically, I don't think it's called streaming. You're just watching it. But I think that that won't happen just because there is a large error or not error, but a large presence of randomness when yeah. it comes to that. And, you know, being on the fly and stuff where it, takes away from the actual act of creating you know the movie the message the story so but maybe maybe i'm wrong yeah i don't know
1: i'm just thinking like because plays, like you said, like you can go to a Shakespeare play. Like, I mean, I guess some people are fortunate to have one in their area, but like, I guess a lot of those plays are still the traditional, you know, Romeo and Juliets or something along the lines. You don't see a whole lot of maybe on Broadway or in Chicago, um, you'll see some more modern plays, um, but you don't see a whole lot of cutting edge or new type stuff, I guess, or what's trending. So it'd just be interesting to see if, you know, we ever saw that I don't know it's a lot of work especially with the amount of CGI and post edits and all the stuff that goes on in videos or TV shows
0: yeah yeah very much so another thing too is uh, that kind of reminded me of that is VR so now with the presence of VR you can almost stream into live events so you can put on your Oculus Rift or whatever you have HTC Vive and be courtside at a lakers game or a bulls game or whatever hockey game doesn't matter and i think that it's almost like streaming an actual live experience which i find just like what the hell yeah so i mean if i guess if you're listening and you don't know what vr it just stands for virtual
1: real- reality and you get this you know, headset that goes over your, you know, your eyes and it has a screen in there. And it, like Jordan said, you could live stream, you know, an event such as the Lakers game into the headset. And as you move your head to the left, the camera moves to the left. As you look down, it looks down. So it all responds to your, your movements of your head with its motion sensor. Um, some people go as far as to, you know, adding, you know, uh, headphones or something to get that audio experience directly instead of from like the TV. Um, it'll be interesting if they ever added like, um, like sense or not sense, but like smell somehow, like yeah. what that would be like or.
0: Yeah. that. So I think that that is something that could be go powerfully wrong, <laughs> but also be amazing in the fact that <clears throat> a lot of our <clears throat> hey, oh. oh, coming back <clears throat> Take the reins, Joy. Um, and it's also <laughs> um
1: interesting too, because I think VR mm-hmm. is one of those things <laughs> you could get. um I think some companies like Facebook are doing it where you go VR and someone else's VR and you both are having the same experience. So, you know, I look to my right and Jordan looks to his left and we could be in two different countries and, you know, both be there with maybe we have characters or something like that. And you could conversate between that way, like you're at a live event, but you're really just chilling like, in the basement of your mom's house or something yeah
0: i think those that vr will definitely play a role in streaming in the future
1: yeah and i think too if you move on to the other side like augmented reality which is basically you know say you put up your phone and you're looking at a you know, a tree or something and your phone analyzes it and says, okay, this is what it is. And does a few pop-ups on your screen or gives you some extra information just from analyzing, you know, what it is is another, you know, thing of, I guess, streaming, it's giving you content. So if you're looking in downtown Tokyo and you don't know what anything says and you put your phone up and it reads all the signs for you and gives you reviews, like that's live content coming to you as you, your phone does that.
0: Yeah. And I truly believe that AR um opposed to VR is going to be more of a didactic tool than it is an entertainment thing. Just because, like you said, it would be such a valuable asset to decipher a foreign language or even allow people to do their jobs better. Like imagine a surgeon that had the... um impact of vr or the help of vr or ar sorry uh to help with an incision line or uh you know delineate cancer cells from normal healthy tissue yeah you
1: know? i think the the movement of where streaming or these realities are going is going to be huge as time goes on i think the most common one people don't you know take for granted or don't really think about a streaming, but like video conferencing is huge now like uh, you know 20 years ago i bet you they would have had they wish they would have had you know the capabilities with the fluidity of you know zoom or skype of what we have today where you can you know talk to these people and you know tell them that you have this cake but you need you know to frost it correctly or whatever it is um and interact with these people or even like the doorbells like the doorbells that have live cameras so you can see who's coming to your door and like yell at them if they're not supposed to be there is huge in the terms of like the safety realm if you have you know small children at home or you're worried about your neighborhood
0: yeah wow okay i think i'm good (laughs) but yeah and it almost makes me wonder how infrastructure is going to need to adapt or if it's already ready for all of those things that are going to be encumbering it or like, you know, being cumbersome on it with streaming.
1: Yeah. And I think um one of the last things like, I think a lot of at least Americans and maybe those in, you know, profitable societies or um, of age society because there's a lot of countries that just don't have access to this stuff and have no idea how what it does and things are a lot simpler there but like I think we get mad a lot of the times that you know obviously buffering or um, dropped internet or whatever it is and like we have this access to this free entertainment as people just have no clue and they're you know doing what they do to to get around and I think a lot of the times it's more so it's evolved into like a necessity for some people, but where it should be more of a—I don't know what the word is—not a necessity, but uh, um, I can't think of the word, but just something that you should have, and the, like the free time where you have—you're lucky to have the access a luxury, to, yeah, a luxury.
0: Yeah, I definitely do believe it is, and the more that we complicate our lives with technology, the finer line. A luxury and a necessity becomes for instance 20 years ago something that could make calls and reach out to people wherever you are in the world that sounds like an absolute luxury but for some people that becomes a necessity in like with time so i think that we're going to definitely butt up against that hard question of when do things become luxuries and culturally when they become necessities yeah,
1: I think that's um, a good point to leave on and let you guys think and think about. Um, we hope you've learned something about streaming or just you know think of it, think of it outside of the box or more than just Netflix or Spotify or something about how it's really evolving our generation and society and the the capabilities
0: of the technology that we have. Uh, any last words? Uh, I just want to thank you guys and. Uh, especially if this is your first episode might as well head out right now i got some other stuff to talk about with my real off the top peeps uh thank you guys so much for listening this far um and supporting me and julian's archaeology careers because we're going for that megalodon and it's gonna happen (laughs) thanks for listening